0: Welcome everyone to Joseph Carlson After Hours. This is just bad. There's no other way to to say it. There's no sugarcoating it. Um, The market's terrible today. My portfolio and basically every company that I own is performing terrible today. Let's go ahead and take a look. This is the story fund as of right now. This is one of my two portfolios that I track every single week, week by week, with complete transparency come good or bad. Now, right now, as you can see, We're down big on the portfolio, and every day it seems to go down even further. Just today, for example, we are down $5,000, 5.33%. And is this some specific company causing all this pain? Not really. Some of them are down a little bit more than others, but overall, all of them are down to a huge extent. So this is just every company that I own in this portfolio heavily in the red. And this is how the market is right now. It's not It's not doing well. We look at this overall. Again, we're down about $40,000, $41,000. What I do with this portfolio is since the beginning, I've tracked it against the S&P 500 as the benchmark. Um, we have that view right here. This is what it looks like. The story fund, my portfolio is in blue. The S&P 500 is in red. Ever since the tech route back in November of last year, my portfolio has sold off along with these tech companies to a greater extent. And you have the S&P 500, even over the past couple of weeks, just, you know, it was up 16%. Now it's actually in the red. It finally fell into the negative. My portfolio is down 30%, 29% right now. So overall, you know, it's just ugly. This market is completely ugly. Um, if we look at the broader indices, year to date, the S&P 500 is down 17%. Year to date, the QQQ, the tech companies are down 27%. Now this wouldn't be a big issue had you invested in all these companies and in these indices 5 years ago, then you'd, you know, you'd have some gains, you would have lost a little bit of your gains, but you'd still be largely in the green. The issue is if you started investing in the last year or so, just the last year or two. That is precisely when I started this portfolio was last year. I put the majority of the money, the huge majority in the market in 2021 right around here, which turned out to be very poor timing to buy because now we have this huge sell-off and these companies are just getting crushed so this is an already difficult market very difficult and most of us have seen huge losses over the past three months but this next domino that's been knocked over causing this chain reaction and this huge sell-off today seems to have started with walmart yes walmart's earnings report was yesterday i made a video on it the title of the video was the death of retail right And some people thought that this was clickbait. They thought Joseph is being dramatic here, right? The death of retail, that's a little bit of drama. Now, what I did in that video was I actually critiqued Walmart's earnings report. I dove into it and actually looked at it, and it was terrible. They missed their earnings by a huge extent caused by things that are outside of their control. Gas prices are are incredibly high, and retailers have to ship things to and from stores with big diesel trucks. That is a huge cost outside of their control sluggish sales, supply chain disruptions, on and on and on. Walmart CEO said that more people now are choosing to buy half gallon of milk than before. So before they're buying a full gallon of milk, now they're choosing to buy the half gallon of milk. That was something that I thought was sad to hear on an earnings report. Now, after Walmart reported their earnings, the very next domino was Target. And this is where things got really bad. Target reported their earnings and they cited an even worse report, missing their earnings by a huge extent, saying that consumer shift in spending, the things that they're buying is dramatic. They're not buying the hard goods anymore. The type of things that you go into a Target, which is one of the higher margin retailers, so this is one of the more pricey ones, consumers are not favoring these type of things anymore. Where you go in and see the interior design stuff, uh, where you go in and see the expensive home improvement stuff inside of the Target. Uh, that's not doing well right now. All of the hard goods section is not doing well. So when investors looked at Target's earnings report and saw that consumers were moving away from these these type of uh, goods, right? Moving more to services and just the bare bones, the groceries, this caused a chain reaction in the market. Costco, even the mighty Costco, which self-admittedly is one of my favorite companies ever. It's I, I love Costco. I literally think it's one of the best companies in the world. I own it. I'm not selling it. I'm not trading it at all. So I still have my stake. It could go down to $200 a share. It could go up to $700. I'm not going to sell it for the next 10 years. But regardless, this company's down 12% today. Didn't report any news. Didn't have anything happen. People just looked at Target's earnings report and they thought, wow, this is really bad. Costco should sell off as well to some extent. Now I'm going to explain some key differences between Target and Costco. And the reason that I don't think you know, I don't know, we have Costco's earnings report coming up. But the reason that I don't think Costco will have as bad of an earnings report, but we have Amazon, Amazon is down 7% today, after already being down a lot, the stock's not doing really well, it's down like 30 40% over the past few months. So it's down another 7% today, approaching the low 2000s. These are retailers, investors looked at Walmart, they said that's not good. Then they saw Target and they saw, that looks terrible. I want out the rest of these companies. I don't even want to think about Costco's earnings report, taking any gains that I have. I'm exiting out of it. Um, Amazon already has enough issues. I'm going to exit out of this one as well. Uh, Then we also have Walmart again today, right? They were down 11% yesterday. They're down an additional 7% today. So not a good week to own Walmart. It's down 17% overall. This has really been the perfect storm against these retailers. Think about this for just a minute. You had the perfect environment for retail companies. Consumers were locked in their houses. They couldn't go to work. Many of them were buying new homes to get into larger spaces, and they were well capitalized. The government gave endless stimulus to every American individual. So you're locked in your home. You can't go out and do much. The only thing you can really do is go shopping at places like Target, at places like Walmart, places like Amazon, places like Costco. And if you're thinking about redoing your desk and improving your your situation right at home, you're gonna go to Target. They have a lot of interior design stuff. They have a lot of different uh, uh, furniture and different things that you can buy. That situation's gone. Consumers are running out of their stimulus money and they're not being recapitalized. The new jobs that they have or the higher wages is not enough to make up for these stimulus checks. In the meantime, inflation's out of control. Consumers filling the squeeze of inflation are now choosing to buy less of these objects and focus on just the things that they need. In the meantime, the retailers have gas prices of 5 to $6. $6 diesel charge for a company that has to ship everything across the earth. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters. And, what do I even say other than, hey... <sighs> Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. We have companies like Amazon that literally ship everything everywhere. They're going to probably get hit very hard with these diesel prices. So everything from employment, from transportation, is getting more expensive while the consumer is getting weaker. The perfect storm is now happening for the retailers. Now, just to illustrate how unique the circumstances were for a company like Target and the growth that they had during 2021, there's really no graph that illustrates it better than the earnings per share. Take a look at this graph over time. You might notice a trend. Since 1997, Target did grow their earnings over time faster than the economy. It was a great company that expanded and grew and it was a good investment, but you might notice the trend change here in 2019 to 2021. A massive trend change. Target didn't just grow their earnings, they doubled it in one year. After running the business for 20 years, 20 plus years, one year they suddenly double their earnings. Now to me that raises some red flags. I think what happened and is it sustainable? The question what happened is like I mentioned, everybody got free money. They were stuck at home. They're redesigning their house and buying pictures and furniture and different things for their desk and different things that Target sells. And the question of is that sustainable was obviously no. Now, the earnings per share went from $1.69, $1.36 to $2.79, $3.64, almost $4 per share in one year, just a year later we're getting earnings reports showing $3 plus per share per quarter. And in this most recent report just today, analysts were expecting $3.07 of earnings per share, and they reported almost an entire dollar less, back to $2.19. So the analysts were expecting another quarter just like the past six, just for this to continue on with no big reversion to the mean. Another quarter of $3, $3 $3.19, just like last quarter. Then Target came out and reported $2.19, About two-thirds of the way there, which is a huge reversion back to their long-term mean, their long-term trend. So what we're seeing here with Target is a massive reversion to the mean. Now, Target's still a great company, and this is no fault of the management. This is just a situation we're in. Higher fuel prices, higher employee costs, right? Higher wages to pay, higher expensive goods and services due to inflation, and a consumer that's running out of money. That's the situation right now. Now, Costco is also selling off along with Target. It's down 12.75%. Now, Costco is a unique company, even a unique retailer. The first thing that I'd say about this company is it trades at a massive premium. Even after today's sell-off, I think the company is still an expensive company. And I say this being a big shareholder of the company. I have a big stake in it. I've owned it for a long time. I don't plan on trading it at all. So if it trades up or down or in between, I'm not going to be selling it. It's one of the companies, one of the very few that I've just decided I want to own for 10 years. I don't want to trade in and out of it. I I just want to own it for 10 years and see what happens at the end, because I have a feeling it's going to be worth a lot more at the end of 10 years. So that's kind of how I'm looking at Costco. But people that are more active with your investments, I've been telling to not buy Costco recently. It's been trading at a huge premium. The company, even after a 12% drop in price today, is still pretty expensive. It's above $400 a share. That's not really a cheap company. Still trades at a very high PE ratio. Now, there's a couple things unique about Costco when comparing it to Target. The first thing is, is that Costco is a membership model. It's not a company you can just walk into and buy anything and leave. So it is purely A membership model. You cannot get into the Costco warehouse without being a Costco member. The member has a high retention rate. Most people keep their membership year after year, and that's how they make the majority of their profits. So one thing that I observe here is that Costco's earnings per share growth is much more gradual than targets. It's not this massive doubling in earnings per share from one year to the next. And so I think even though Costco was definitely a beneficiary of the pandemic, I think it's less of an anomaly for Costco. And I think there's a chance. I think it's likely that Costco will have an easier time dealing with all these issues than Target because Costco earns around two thirds of their profit, their net income from their memberships, not from selling stuff. Target is purely a seller. They make money by selling products and they charge a margin and that margin is their profit margin. Costco considers himself a buyer. They try to buy things on behalf of their members. They try to charge them the lowest margin possible, the greatest savings, and then they make the money through the memberships. So it's a very different business model, very distinct, even though they're both just in the basket of consumer discretionary retail. Now, next up we have Amazon, which is of course a massive retailer, biggest online retailer for sure, but it's also more than a retailer. Everyone knows that Amazon has the elephant in the room, which is AWS as well, but regardless... Investors are becoming very concerned about the retail portion of this company, as I think is warranted because it's down 7.48%. Now, Amazon, to put it lightly, has a lot of headwinds facing it. And I say this as an investor of this company, so I'm still heavily invested in it. But I have to admit, this company has a lot of problems it's facing at least over the next six months. First of all, you have gas prices. Just like Target and Walmart are saying, gas is affecting them because they have to ship everything around the world. No company, I think, does more shipping and has to deal with more gas prices than Amazon. Every single thing that they send to anyone has to go into a van, has to be filled up with gas, and that's getting more and more expensive. And Amazon can only raise their prices for Amazon Prime so much. So you're enjoying that free shipping from Amazon Prime, and they're having to pay the higher gas prices every week as gas continues to go up. So Amazon's eating the cost of that. They're wanting to keep prices low. They want to keep their customers using Amazon. So they're just they're just taking the hit there. For a huge extent, they're taking the hit. So Amazon has the issue of gas prices, and that's not the only issue. We also have interest rates, of course, rising, which make it so that smaller tech companies and smaller startups can't get as much funding. They can't get easy, cheap capital to fund their business. Lots of tech startups and new companies use AWS as their go-to service. So Amazon relies on all these smaller tech companies hosting all their stuff on AWS. And that growth will probably be declined at least over the next year. If interest rates go up a lot, if companies get less funding, if they're spending less on on different different cloud endeavors, that's going to affect Amazon as well. So overall, right now, I think that Amazon has a ton of issues it's facing. I think investors have reason to be concerned. At least over the next year, I do not expect their earnings reports to be stellar. If anything, I expect it to be underwhelming. Investors are pricing that in. They're getting ahead of it. And I think appropriately so. So I say this as a big long-term Amazon uh, bull. I'm very bullish on the company on a long-term time horizon. Over the next couple of earnings reports, I do not expect it to be good. I expect them to say that, that oil prices caused their shipping and logistics to have tons more expense than normal. I expect them to say that they had to invest in employees with rising wages. I expect them to say AWS growth is slowing down a bit as companies are trying to cut cut uh, expenses. You know, a lot of things that I think will be difficult over the next couple of quarters. Now, I'm going to continue holding the company. My time horizon is by the end of 2025. And hopefully gas prices won't be 5 and $6 a gallon, by that time. If that is the case, that's going to be a little bit unfortunate. Now, outside of Amazon and retail specifically, we also have a bunch of other companies in my portfolio that I have unique concerns about all of them. Google's a great company, trades at a low PE ratio, but I think we might see some of the same stuff we saw with kind of Home Depot and Lowe's and Target with Google. I think the company had a pretty unique circumstance in 2020 and in 2021, people spending lots of time at home watching YouTube, uh, lots of their 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 ad business and their service and their their advertisement business doing really well because lots of companies have a lot of capital they're paying a lot for the ads i could see a reversion to the mean that's why i haven't been piling money into google right now microsoft i'm probably the you know one of the most bullish on this is a company i really am not concerned about it trades at a premium i think deservedly so I think that the earnings of Microsoft are going to be much more reliable than the earnings of Google, Amazon, or even Apple. I think that Microsoft will likely have the most reliable earnings. And I think the company's undervalued right now because Microsoft is one of the rare companies that I don't think over earned over the past two years. It didn't have a uniquely amazing year. I think the company just has an incredibly powerful business model, powerful moat, and it'll continue to grow its earnings on pace for the future. Netflix is definitely one of the companies in my portfolio. In fact, this one I would consider probably the most risky stock in my portfolio as of right now, even more risky than Alibaba. When I look at Netflix, the the risk in this company and this holding is incredibly high. I would not go into this one unless you're okay with an extreme amount of volatility. I haven't bought any of it. I haven't sold any of it since the last earnings report. I'm just holding on to my shares. We'll see how this does over the long term. So, So far, I have not sold a single share of Netflix, not sold one. And I plan on keeping it that way for at least the next year or so. I'll assess after their next earnings report. We'll see how bad of of retention they had, how many subscribers they had, and the type of efforts that they're doing. There's lots of news on Netflix right now, like they're firing employees, they're cutting budget, they're doing lots of things, that, in my opinion, are are kind of good news, right? They're being more cautious about their cost structure and their spending. Seems like they're trying to to really hone in their content. Hopefully they can come out with some better content in the future, but um, overall they still have a massive lead over other streaming services and they're priced with very low expectations right now. So this is one that I'm going to hang on to. Alibaba is the next one. I likewise haven't sold any of this company. I continue to just hang on to it. I think there's a chance that if any news is positive from China, if uh, the government opens back up, if they stop doing the COVID lockdowns, if If the economy starts to grow in China, if we have any good news at all in China or Russia or just internationally altogether, I think that BABA could pop as a stock. I think it could go back up. It's priced with very low expectations. I recently looked at the valuation of Alibaba. Right now, the company is down all time from its IPO. It's literally in the red since when it IPO'd back in 2014. The revenue is up like multiples and multiples and multiples over that time. The free cash flow is, the margins are, every aspect of the company has improved since then. And the price to sales of Alibaba when it IPO'd was 28. So IPO'd at a 28 price to sales. Right now it trades at a 1.8. So the amount of multiple contraction in the price to sales of this company has been astronomical. Again, it's being priced with very low expectations right now. I think if we have good news out of China, I can see this one go up. So I'm just hanging on to it. Um, Adobe and Salesforce, two companies that are relatively expensive, right? They're premium companies. Overall, I'm not selling these ones. I'm not trading them. And I haven't really done anything with these two companies recently, other than buy little bits of them, dollar cost averaging. These two companies grow their free cash flow per share routinely, consistently every single quarter, every single year, they grow their free cash flow per share. Now, next up, we have Apple, which is a smaller holding in this portfolio, but a much larger one in my dividend portfolio. I have around $40,000 worth of Apple in my dividend portfolio, and I bought the company at $90 a share. That was my major buy price. I bought $20,000 worth at 90 a share, and then I did an additional buy at 120. Apple's currently trading at one forty. So I'm not really wanting to average up on this company too much. In fact, right now, I think the company's a little bit expensive at 24 PE based on the rest of the market. So it makes sense that the company's trading down a bit. But I'm not selling the company. I'm not really buying it right now. Apple, to me, is just a hold. Facebook, on the other hand, is a company that for me right now is a buy. Facebook trades at a 16 Ford PE ratio. Facebook has a lot of cash and not a lot of debt. The company is highly profitable. They generate consistent and growing free cash flow, and it's just a cheap company. It trades at a very cheap multiple. So in this market, there's no guarantees. Facebook could trade down more, but as of right now, based on all the numbers you could run, it's one of the cheaper companies in the market. So that's my portfolio on an individual holding basis. But overall, I think on a more macro level, the challenges we face as investors, I think are enormous right now. We have a Fed that is hawkish, and you've heard the phrase, don't fight the Fed. Don't fight the Fed. When the Fed is on your side like they had been for the past 10 years, investing was easy. Look at the graph over the past 10 years. You bought basically anything half decent and the prices went up. That was the environment that we're in. That has come to an end. The Fed is no longer our friend. He has risen interest rates. He'll continue to. And he's now also going to be offloading the balance sheet. These are things that are incredibly difficult to invest against. So I have very low expectations over the next year. I think that this could get worse. I think that your discounted cash flow and your fair value analysis could mean basically nothing when you're trying to fight the Fed. Companies can trade far below their intrinsic value for a very long period of time. And the period of time that we're in right now is a very difficult one. Jerome Powell has said openly that he will continue to raise interest rates until inflation is under control. That's what he said. He will raise interest rates until inflation is under control. So if inflation does not get under control, Interest rates are going to go up. As interest rates go up, this portfolio will go down. That is the basic analysis. There's not much more to it. There's not anything I can do to control that. Since I can't predict interest rates, since I can't predict inflation or oil prices, I am going to continue to stick with my plan, which is good or bad, continue to dollar cost average in, hold the companies, and buy the best deals that I can as I continually DCA in. So, That's the situation we're in. It's not a good one right now. The market looks incredibly ugly. Look at this chart here today. It's just awful. TJX is like the only thing in the green today. And most stuff, even Apple's down 5.76% today. Just an incredibly bad market. But hang in there. We'll get through this together. Thanks for watching, and I'll see you in the next one.